welcome to the Word on Pop Culture podcast. I'm Julian Spivey, the creator, editor, and lead writer of the Word on Pop Culture. Please check us out at thewordonpopculture.com for our movie, television, music, and sports coverage. This podcast is recorded through Spotify for Podcasters and can be found pretty much anywhere you find your podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review and rating wherever you're listening from. And we hope you enjoy this episode. All right, welcome to the Word on Pop Culture podcast. I'm Julian Spivey, the creator, editor, and lead writer of the Word on Pop Culture find us online at the word on pop culture.com and this podcast anywhere you listen to podcast i am joined today by film critic philip price you can find his work at reviews from a bed.com uh, he joins us uh, pretty much anytime we talk about uh, movies and we've got him once again this is i believe maybe the fourth straight year we've had him for a little oscars preview and prediction show so welcome uh, uh philip and thanks for joining me once again yeah, as always, excited to be here and uh, eager to uh, get this uh, the finale of the awards season going. I feel like it's been going on for a year itself, so I'm I'm excited to finally hear some results. Uh, yeah. Just you know, less than a month now, so ready for it. Yeah, it seems like this year is stretched out a bit more than usual. I don't know why it feels that way. Maybe it's because they also threw the Emmys in this year because they were delayed by the the uh, writer and actor strikes. So it just seems like there's more yeah. than usual this year. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, and there's just so many award shows now. It's like hard to keep them straight. Not that anybody outside of, you know, people who care about movies are probably paying attention to anything other than the Oscars or maybe the Globes. Yeah. But man, it just feels like it's so saturated now. But I, I tend to still just kind of like put all my eggs in the Oscar basket. So I'm excited to talk about uh, who might, who might be up for stuff and who might, uh, or not up for stuff. We know that who might be, who might be winning uh, stuff come March. Yeah. And if uh, honestly, things would be a lot more exciting if people just mostly focused on the Oscars, because that way you won't yeah. know really supposed to win based on all the precursors. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It does take a lot of, uh, a lot of air out of the the balloon and a lot of tension out of the ceremony and everything. Not necessarily tension, I guess, but just like excitement, really. Because and especially this year, you know, I mean, I you know, I, I was looking at everything before we started recording and was just like, man, it's you know, it's kind of with the exception of one or two categories, like it's you kind of feel like it's decided just because yeah. of you know the juggernaut this year that is is Oppenheimer but we can we can segue into that whenever you're you're ready okay so what we're going to do for the listeners today is we're going to go through uh, all the biggest categories no offense to some of the others uh but the, the ones that people tend to talk the most about and are the most excited for and we're going to um I'm going to list the nominees in the category and then I'm going to ask Philip to do two things with each category I'm going to ask him one to predict who he believes will win the award and then i'm also going to ask him that if he had a vote who he would choose or in the case of a film which film he would choose to win the award and why don't we just get started with the biggest honor of the oscars best picture and we'll go from there uh there are 10 nominees for best picture uh they are american fiction anatomy of a fall barbie the holdovers killers of the flower moon maestro Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Now, Oppenheimer leads all nominees at the Oscars with 13 nominations, which is one fewer than the record, which is held by, I believe, Titanic and maybe another film or two. Uh, so um, let's start with which film you think is going to win Best Picture, Philip. Um, yeah, I mean, I really do think uh, if anything other than Oppenheimer takes it, I will be and a lot of people will be shocked. I mean, you could see, you know, a world where maybe I know, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know that anything else even has kind of the juice to like challenge it right now. I really think it's Chris Nolan's year. And look, I, I am fine with that. Oppenheimer was my number one movie of the year. You know, it's a three hour long, you know, historical drama. And I still went and saw it three times in theaters. I've, 
and I've watched it once at home. Like it just impresses me every time. Uh, I've been a fan of Nolan's since Memento uh, and obviously since like his Batman trilogy and everything that he's done since. But like, it's, it just feels like his time. It feels like um, this is the type of movie he needed to make, made it in his style. And uh, in order to get, you know, the, the Academy's recognition finally. And so, yeah, I mean, I really think this is his year and, um, you know, the zone of interest kind of feels like it might have a little something going, uh, but I don't, I don't think it'll be enough by the time, uh, you know, the ceremony comes around to, for it to overtake just the massive train that is Oppenheimer uh, heading into this award show. Uh, and obviously like Barbie uh, has a lot to do with, I don't know if it has a lot to do with Oppenheimer's success, but just the Barbenheimer thing over the summer, the event that it was, um, it's cool to see both of them in this category, but my pick for what I think will win and what I hope will win is the same. Cause I just, like I said, Oppenheimer was my, my, my top film of, of last year. So um, yeah, I just, I, I, it's hard to see a world where Oppenheimer doesn't take on best picture this year. Yeah. And you mentioned the zone of interest, which I've read a little bit about having kind of a late, uh, kind of being the, the movie that comes in the last second. I don't think that's going to happen. I've also read a little bit about some people believe that there may be enough fans of the old school type of movie that is the holdovers, that it may have a shot. But I, I, based on what I'm saying, I think there's a 90% chance Oppenheimer is going to take best picture. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the holdovers made my top 10 as well. It's a really, it's a really good movie. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, you know, and, and certainly would recommend it to people, but it's, it's a, it's a good movie for, you know, it's genre and everything. Whereas, uh, you, whereas Oppenheimer is just like kind of more, it's certainly more groundbreaking across the board, but it's just, it's more of an achievement. Whereas holdovers is just like, that was really good for what it was going for, you know? So I just, yeah, I, you know, I can see a certain set of the, of the Academy appreciating it and, you know, it being, uh, you know, a winner for them as far as like nostalgia is, is concerned and everything, but just as far as achievement in, in filmmaking, yeah, like you said, it's it's hard to see uh, uh, Oppenheimer not take this one. Yeah, uh, Oppenheimer is now available to stream on Peacock. Uh, I actually watched it last night. Uh, oh, what did you think? Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I I would vote for the holdovers uh, over it for best picture. Uh, oh. Honestly, I think that's just because that's just a. a me liking the holdovers more enjoy i should say enjoying the holdovers more as a movie but yeah oppenheimer was very impressive and i will say it is the most brisk three-hour movie i've ever seen yeah. uh, i was fully prepared to uh stop it at the hour and a half mark and split it into two but once it got there uh, i was like wow this is this is moving along at a nice clip uh so i just watched the whole thing and i will say that I, the one major critique I've heard of Oppenheimer is that the third hour drags and that is completely wrong. Uh, yeah. In fact, the third hour may have been my favorite uh, segment of the, of the movie. Uh, that was actually going to be one of my follow-up questions for you. I, I am right there with you. I, I think without that third hour, you don't, it doesn't feel as well-rounded and everything. And it just, it, yeah, it's not as complete. Um, and a lot of the, the strands they set up, obviously, um, you know, aren't as, as, uh, realized or cohesive and everything. So I, yeah, I absolutely love the third hour and, and that just uh, actually does speak to the, uh, uh, either the power of the direction and the filmmaking there. So, uh, you know, I'm really glad to hear that from you and glad you, you knocked it out in one sitting, but yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that third hour. I, I didn't understand where people were coming from with that, with that complaint. I, I do think I, uh, of all, I've only seen four of the best picture nominees so far. I plan on watching most of them. There are some. I don't. I don't know that I'll get to the zone of interest. I don't know that I care enough. Uh, but um, I don't know that there's a perfect movie I've seen uh, of the four best picture movies I've seen. But I will agree with critics who say Christopher Nolan cannot write female characters because one. Emily Blunt does not do enough to receive an Oscar nomination. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. I, I just don't see that. There's not that there, I, he really underwrote that character. He doesn't give her enough to do. 
other than be drunk and stare, you know, angrily at, at people who've done her husband wrong. And I would have, there's not a whole lot I would change about the movie. I don't think the Gene Tadlock character as played by Florence Pugh is great as she is as an actress. I don't think that that was necessary for the movie. I would completely have cut that character out. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I don't know that I would have cut her out, but he definitely needs to, uh, you know, bring in a, in a, uh, a co-writer because um, he, you know, I, he's so um, controlling and, and, you know, uh, over his scripts, I mean, and over the vision that he has for his films, seemingly from what, I, you know, behind the scenes features I've watched, not, you know, which is great. He clearly has a vision for what he wants to do and how he wants to accomplish things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that has been the long running complaint about Nolan is that his female characters are more, you know, functions of the plot rather than a- actual fleshed out characters who, um, who operate in a, in a kind of, you know, genuine uh, way. So uh, yeah, I mean, Emily Blunt gets her one kind of show stopping scene uh, near the end and everything. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it would be, um, it would be dumb to disagree with the fact that Nolan needs some, some assistance, some female perspective when it comes to his screenplays to help to help flesh those characters out a little bit more. Hopefully, you know, he'll do that. His wife is so involved. Otherwise, you'd think she would um, have been, you know, become more involved in that screenwriting process. Maybe she is more than they let on. Who knows? But um, but yeah, I, I mean, that that has to happen at some point in the future because it's just it, it has been the long running complaint for, you know, the better part of his career now. So we'll see. But yeah, no, I, I you can't, you know, can't argue with that complaint. I mentioned it was a very brisk three-hour movie, and we're not going to get to the film editing category in the show, so I do want to mm-hmm. shout out. I, I don't know how she pronounces her last name. I'm going to say Jennifer LeMay. It may just be Jennifer Lame, uh, L-A-M-E, uh, but yeah, uh, wonderful job uh, at keeping this thing uh, moving along. Yeah, 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 it'll be, it, uh, when I was looking at that one, like, you know, I, I liked all of the movies um, nominated in that co- category, but obviously the two longer ones being Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon, um, you know, obviously that's going to be like the harder task to to make work as far as the editing goes. Um, but all of those movies are over, you know, two hours, almost all of them, at least two and a half hours. But um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see if they give it to either Killers or Oppenheimer just for that accomplishment of making, because even Killers of the Flower Moon, have you watched that one yet? No, and, and I, I do not see myself watching that. I am going to watch it, but I do not see myself doing the Oppenheimer and watching that straight through. I think that extra uh, will make me split into two. Yeah, no, that's, hey, I watched it at home because I wanted my wife to watch it and, and see it and everything before the ceremony. And it was it was when we, we had to split up, um, you know, not just for you know, time reasons, but just because uh, she was like, all right, we got to, uh, we got to take a break for tonight. <laughs> it, it is a heavy movie, but I'll be interested to hear what you think. And it, 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 it did not lose as much because she was still hooked. It was kind of episodic, you know, the experience just because we did have to break it up. I think we actually broke it up in three nights, um, yeah. but, uh, but it was still engaging while we were in it. And so mm-hmm. that was, that was good to know. And so another reason I'll be interested to see who takes editing. Well, we've talked about the length of these movies before on the podcast, and I mm-hmm. agree hearted with, wholeheartedly with you that it's not a great way to watch a movie to break it up. But, I mean, what are you going to do in, in a busy world? Yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, hey, it happens. Uh, I, I will tell you that I, bef- I will probably get to that before I even publish this episode. So by the time people hear <laughs> that, we'll have seen it. I'm hoping to get to it by the end of the week. What are the other three you've seen then so far? Just... I uh, have, of course, seen Barbie. A- April, my wife, and I watched that at the theater. Uh, I have seen The Holdovers, which I've already said uh, would be right. Much- and this past weekend, we watched uh, Celine's songs, uh, Past Lives. Now, oh, I was nice. on, on Sunday afternoon, I pulled up uh, American Fiction on the television and found out that it is only available to buy and not rent yet. So I really wanted to watch that, but I, I had to uh, uh, to wait because I'm, I'm not spending $20 on it. That I wonder when the uh, it's an MGM uh, Amazon movie, so I wonder when that'll be on Prime. It has to be fairly soon. I I mean I know they'll do like all the 
all the best picture nominees and everything, you know, back in theaters prior to, but I, I am not sure if that has a Amazon prime release date yet, but it should be on there. You know, and hopefully they do that sooner rather than later. As we're recording this, we're less than three weeks from the Oscars. When I put it up mm-hmm. it'll be 10 days or so. So yeah, you would think they'd want to get it out there before. The- I have some watching all of them except for maybe the zone of interest. I'm not sure how much interest I have in that one. Uh, no that's, yeah, that's a tough sit. Uh, let's go on to best director. Uh, the nominees are Jonathan Glazer for the zone of interest, Yorgos Lanthimos for poor things, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Martin Scorsese for killers of the flower moon and Justine Trier for anatomy of a fall. Uh, Scorsese is the only one in this category who has previously won this award. Uh, this seems like it's going to be a lock for Christopher Nolan. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, everything I said for best picture, you can pretty much apply it for directing. I think it's his time. Um, I think it's, it's just, you know, like I said, I, I think it's a real achievement. Not that the others aren't, I mean, the fact Scorsese is still operating at killers of the flower moon level this late in his career is insane. Um, I've seen poor things three times now and um, have had kind of differing reactions and have, have had differing reactions to uh, Lanthimos's other films, you know, as well. Um, really liking some of them, uh, not being as, as warm on others, but like, you know, and Glazer is one I need to catch up on. I've I've only seen Under the Skin in the Zone of Interest, and I know he hasn't made a a, a whole lot of films, but um, but I especially want to catch up on Birth. But I, it's yeah, his is definitely an acquired taste. But I, th- like I said, I think this is Nolan's time. I think this is the movie. Um, it, it's one of those rare instances where it's like the exact kind of movie you expect the Academy to recognize, but it's also just that type of movie done really really well and so it's like it you know it's kismet everything is like come together perfectly for this moment for him and uh, it would just it would be weird if he didn't win but yeah i think picture and director are uh you know it doesn't always happen that way but i think this year it will and, and nolan will take on both of them yeah and since you think he's going to win and you think he should win i, I basically will have just one follow-up question now to, to if you answer yes to this you have to knock somebody out Okay. Uh, was Greta Gerwig actually snubbed for her direction of Barbie? I know. I don't, you know, I don't know that she was. Like, I, I really enjoyed Barbie. Um, I watched it once in theaters and once, uh, uh, you know, at home. Uh, it's just as enjoyable. I may have even enjoyed it more the second time around because I kind of, you know, you know, those expectations had kind of been set and grounded and, and you knew where everything was going and, and how they were going to, you know, uh, construct this world in, in, you know, correlation with the real world and all that stuff. I really liked it. Uh, you know, I, I didn't put it in my top 10 of the year. So I don't know that I can say I thought she was necessarily snubbed. Uh, I thought she did, you know, I, th- I thought it was really impressive. I thought it was very cool how she did a lot of the throwback stuff with the, you know, with the big musical numbers and everything like that. Um, and, and and I'm rooting for, as much as I loved Robert Downey Jr., as much as I loved Oppenheimer, it would be, <laughs> it would be really fun to see Ryan Gosling win supporting actor, it, you know, and I know the whole deal around that is like, of course they nominate you know the man for this movie about for the barbie movie and everything i you know i get the the optics on that aren't great um but that doesn't mean ryan gosling wasn't great at barbie and he you know totally completely was but i i don't know that i can say you know she was snubbed she's i don't think it was anything against her i think it's cool that justine trier was still uh nominated and has been recognized in several categories for what she did with anatomy of a fall. Um, you know, and, and you've got Scorsese, Nolan, Lanthimos and, and Glazer. Like it's not a lineup you can necessarily argue with. Um, so I, yeah, I just, I mean, she's, she's been nominated twice before, you know, for her debut feature, which is, is crazy. And, and, and for little women, a, a remake. So to be nominated, that's right. Right. Uh, like, um, uh, as I say that, I'm like questioning myself, but I was pretty sure. Um, I will say, and I guess some of this just happens when you have the biggest movie of the year and the director of it doesn't, doesn't yeah. get nominated. I, I think that um, 
her. Um, okay, I, I just looked it up. She she was nominated for director for uh, Lady Bird, but not for Little Women. She was not adapted. For Women, she was not best adapted screenplay for Little Women. Okay, I mean, which still, is the same, like, same thing. Yeah. She's been nominated for Barbie along with her husband uh, Noah Baumbach. Right. Um, the thing about, I, I really was a little bit shocked. I, again, like I said, it's the most popular movie, so you're going to get some of that. But because Justine Trier was nominated, I, I, I don't get the sexism claims here. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I was surprised by it, for sure. Like, I, I thought she would be a shoe-in just because of, um, and it would have been smart, too. I mean, again, the Barbenheimer thing was the biggest story in movies last year. I was shocked they didn't include her in there. I, I, I figured it was a given, but, um, but do I necessarily think it was a snub? No, not really. Um, do I think it would have been maybe smarter to have her in there? Probably, but you know, it is what it is. And I think, you know, despite her being involved in Netflix Narnia movies going forward, you know, there'll be more after that. And I think there will be, uh, you know, this is this still feels like the very beginning of her, filmmaking career so i don't i don't i can't like say that it's a snub you know with my full heart in it <laughs> well there there is one that i'm willing to say is a snub and honestly that that's that's kind of harsh on me uh because i haven't seen any of the nominees in the category but let's let's go right into that because i want to talk a little bit more about what if there is a snub for barbie what it actually is uh okay. so category the nominees are annette benning for naiad Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, Emma Stone for Poor Things. Again, I haven't seen any of these five yet. Okay. Can't tell me that Mar what Margot Robbie did in Barbie shouldn't be here. And and the only I don't like to say stuff like that when I haven't seen the nominees, but I have read a decent amount about the nominees. And it doesn't seem there's any way Annette Benning should be here. This seems more like a lifetime achievement nod than than an actual earned performance from her in Nyad. Yeah, and it's it's tough because it, it very much you know can be looked at as that. I didn't really love Nyad. It was um, pretty grating and pretty repetitive as far as the movie itself, which was you know it's a first feature from a directing duo that. Um, has only made documentaries up to this point. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but Annette Benning, the character that she is playing, Annette Benning is really is good as far. It's a very physical performance about, uh, it's about a lady who, you know, swims, uh, I can't even remember the locations, but uh, for like days on end to, to do this long, you know, to break this record of like longest swim, free, free swim or something like that. But um, uh, sorry, I, I saw this back in October. But yeah. um, it's uh, it, but the character is not very likable, and so it's that you know, and that's tough to pull off, like both for the actor and the filmmakers. Like, how do you make this story and this movie appealing when your when your main character, your protagonist, is not the most appealing person and is kind of annoying and is kind of an a hole? What do you do? And uh, you know, Annette Bening does her best and and certainly tries to pull out the the charismatic parts. You know, I mean, there have been you know lead characters who you're attracted to who are complete uh you know just d-bags in the past like sometimes they're the most classic kind of characters but it just didn't work out that way in this one uh yeah i i would have i would have no qualms with um uh putting margo because as much as ryan gosling had the showy performance in barbie obviously what uh margo robbie was doing had to like she had to very much calculate what she was going to do to make you not think about like to make it nat seem natural what she was doing in that role um and to make it seem like yeah that that fits that's exactly how i would have assumed uh someone would play the character of barbie in this that's not a given to her it's like she has to come up with and formulate all of that um in order to you know to carry this movie and uh yeah i, I would absolutely like Sure, she'll be recognized since she's a producer on it under you know the best picture banner and everything. She'll be at the ceremony, um, but she could you know even if it wasn't Annette Benning, I'd be fine with her taking Carrie Mulligan's place. I thought yeah. Maestro was just like the weirdest thing um, as far as like expectation versus what I actually got. I 
I, I still I've I've watched that movie twice and I I still can't figure out what the the line of thinking was on that one. But anyways, um, on no. what I've read, I, I I I feel like a lot of people think that they they had a chance to make this a perfect category if they just replaced Benning with Robbie and Carrie Mulligan with Greta Lee from Past Lives. Oh yeah, yeah, they that would kind of screwed that out up and it leaves us with a three horse race kind of. <laughs> Emma Stone, Lily Gladstone, and Sandra Huller, even though it, it's based on precursors, even though Lily Gladstone was kind of the the almost a lock at some points to win Best Actress, it seems like she's been surpassed by Emma Stone, who is the only previous Oscar winner in this category, uh, so it looks like she might win her second for Four Things. Uh, do you think she will? And, and of these five nominees, who would you yeah, so this one is one of the ones I was talking about early on when I was saying it's, uh, <coughs> I'm sorry, excuse me, one of the more, um, you know, uh, interesting races in terms of like, unsure of who's going to actually, you know, win this one. Um, and it, it, this one might be the first where it differs. I'd like to believe Lily Gladstone is still the front runner and going to win. I think Lily Gladstone should win. Um, but I, yeah, the Emma Stone has the, has the forward motion right now. She's the, she's got the, she's got the momentum and I just, uh, I I don't know. She's winning a lot of precursors right now too. She just won one the other night. I think it was at the producer's guild or something like that. And so it's hard to, uh, or it might've even been like the BAFTAs, um, and she, yeah, and she won, but like, I just, you know, I, I'm not not I, like I said. I've seen poor things three times. What Emma Stone does in the movie um, it is really impressive. As you know, once you can get past the goofy premise and everything, because uh, it it really is kind of a goofy movie, and she has to. Oh, sorry, no pun intended. Um, but uh, what she has to do is is go you know go from the psyche of a baby to a full grown woman and show the development uh, throughout the course of this movie. I'd be fine with Emma Stone. Like, you know, she's appealing as appealing to me as she is to everyone, but you know, I'd be fine with her getting a second Oscar, you know, whenever, like that's fine. Um, But I think it's, it's more important. And I think Lily Gladstone has earned it, especially just you know with the opportunity she gets versus what emma stone gets just not even based on anything other than how established emma stone is at this point and the opportunities afforded her because of that nothing having to do with like race or ethnicity or anything like that um but lily gladstone this is i mean it's a role of uh, of a career for you know for her and um and she knocked it out of the park and besides the fact that like killers of the flower moon was coming in hot on Oppenheimer for my, you know, my top two films of the year. I Lily Gladstone has a lot to do with that. And I just, I would love to see her win it. There are some people who believe it was a mistake for her to go into the best actress and not best supporting actress. And it seems like she'd probably be winning an Oscar if she was in best supporting actress category. What do you think? Did you, was there a mistake made or, or, or not? Cause I, cause I hear she's really only in about a third of killers of the flower moon. I don't know. Like I haven't, you know, seen any, you know, like what her screen time is in the movie. Again, it's a three and it's a half. minutes. It's what? Sorry. I- it is 56 minutes. Wow. See, it, that's that kind of blows my mind because her presence is so mm-hmm. strong in it. It feels like more than that. I mean, out of a three and a half hour movie, I would have at least thought she'd be in at least half of it. Um, that that kind of blows my mind. But um, but yeah, her presence is all over the thing. I will bring up that Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor for Silence of the Lambs with about 12 minutes of screen time. In. <laughs> Absolutely deserved it. Yeah, I mean, it's if it, you know, I, I think a lot is to be said for her only being in it that much. And, it, it, you know, the fact that it feel you feel her, uh, her character and that performance throughout, you know, because it, it really, I know you haven't seen it yet, but like her performance is, is kind of what, you, what the movie turns on. You have to believe she would put herself in these situations and that she would almost be gullible enough in certain aspects to for for this story to unfold the way it did and 
um, you never think of her as naive, but you completely believe, you know, every decision she makes or the logic she uses. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I thought it was really impressive. I had only seen her in, in one film prior, which was Certain Women, uh, you know, which was probably almost 10 years ago now or so. But uh, I just, she, so she was kind of felt like a, a new discovery for me and, or just a new, you know, a face, a new presence. And, um, you know, again, you know, you're acting opposite De Niro and DiCaprio, like, and, you know, you're the, you're the most memorable one uh, of the, of that trio. I mean, that's got to say something too. So I, I'm rooting for Lily Gladstone. Um, do I think Emma Stone, you know, is, is edging her out right now and it might take it from her. Yeah. That seems to be where things are headed, but I kind of hope that uh, the Oscar stays the, the course of like the early talk and, um, you know, and that she gets it. If if nothing else, that would help her, you know, kind of afford her those opportunities that the power, the control uh, in her career that Emma Stone has at this point. Because I don't doubt that Emma Stone will get another Oscar in, at some point in her career, but I think it's more important that Lily Gladstone gets hers this year. Yeah. Well, let's go to the category that's probably the biggest toss-up of any of the ones. Uh, mm -hmm. the big and that is Best Actor. The nominees are Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, uh, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. This seems to be a two-horse race between <laughs> Paul Giamatti and Killian Murphy. Mm -hmm. uh, where do you see this going, and, and how would you like to see it go? Yeah, this one's tough, too, because like I said, I love the holdovers and Giamatti's just kind of, I don't know, but I would, I'd say Giamatti, he has won a lot, um, but a lot of those wins, I feel like, have been in award shows where the categories were kind of split up, uh, like the Globes, as opposed to the Oscars where they're, you know, everybody's grouped together, regardless of the genre. Um, I really, I really think it would be a missed opportunity to not give this to, to Killian Murphy, like, uh, I know that has makes it boring uh, with uh, Oppenheimer kind of dominating all the major categories except for one or two, but like he's the title character and he's, I mean, the, the, just the time span he goes, you know, is physically convincing in and uh, as, as well as mentally, like it's just, I mean, don't get me wrong. Paul Giamatti's hilarious. I've said, don't get me wrong, way too many times. I'm sorry. But um, Paul Giamatti's great. Like, I love him. I know d he didn't win for Sideways. It's kind of the narrative with this one, right? No, he's not. This, this is the first time he's ever been nominated for Best, for best Actor. His only previous uh, Oscar nomination was for Best Supporting Actor for, uh, I'm forgetting the movie, but I think it was a Ron Howard boxing movie. Well, oh, for C Cinderella Man, yeah. Okay. Um, only Oscar nominee. Yeah, I mean, that is a shame. Like, Giamatti's one of our great, he's a great screen presence and he's so reliable. And um, I always look forward to seeing him on screen and what he's going to do. Um, he's got that kind of like, I don't know, wry sense of humor that is always appealing and, and present even in the most serious of roles and everything. But I just don't know. I mean, but Killian Murphy's been working, you know, maybe not as long as Giamatti, but I feel like I've been aware of both of them for the same amount of time. And it just, I mean, he just dominates that movie. It's his movie. He carries it. I mean, yes, it's a huge ensemble. I get it. But like, he's the one at the heart of it. He's the one that, you know, that it, it relies on, you know, if it, you know, psychologically, if it's working or not. And so, whereas Paul Giamatti is like, there's, yes, there's more depth to that character than you might expect in kind of a, um, you know, a dramedy that, that the holdovers is. And it's an Andrew, uh, an Alexander Payne movie. Like, yeah, it's going to, you know, it's going to have deeper themes and thoughts than, than, uh, you know, your, your holiday dr dramatic, uh, comedy or whatever. I'm, I'm fumbling that, but, and I like the holders. I can't repeat that enough, but I, I guess I just need to be like, I think Killian Murphy should win, but I do think Paul Giamatti might take it. Yeah. Uh, having seen both of these performances and Oppenheim, very fresh. That's the time of we're recording. I literally finished watching this about 12 hours ago. Um, 
I, I got to go with Giamatti. I think he's doing more in his role. Now, Murphy's great in Oppenheimer, but I think it's a lot of just a lot of stares into the camera where you can tell he's got things going on in his head, whereas G- Giamatti's doing everything. I, I don't know. I feel like Giamatti did, did a lot more acting in his performance than, than uh, Killian Murphy did. Yeah, but it's like his act, like, you know, that, that we could get real... <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know real lost in the in the combo of like which one is more acting you know uh or what does more acting necessarily mean is it you know going bigger is it the you know the eyeball and committing to that bit and uh, don't like giovanni might deserve it just for his physical performance don't remember him trying to throw a football him having to crawl in his car through the you know not broken door or whatever uh hilarious like and and the scene that like kind of sticks with me in that one is the uh, um, in the in, when they're in Boston in the in the like the library in the street or in the, in the alley, uh, and you know as well as a couple other moments. The one where uh, Dominic Sessa's character kind of saves uh, Giamatti when he meets that old friend from school and stuff. Like, yeah, I'm not you know Giamatti's great, and would I be mad if he won? No. Uh, would I be a little like, man, I just, I, it just feels like Giamatti kind of like Emma Stone in the Lily Gladstone thing. I feel like Giamatti's going to have another shot at a, like a leading, a good leading role like this where Killian Murphy, he's, he's more, he feels more like a supporting player when it comes to big movies. And I just don't know that he'll get that opportunity uh, to lead a movie that will be considered award worthy like this one has. So maybe it's, it's just that kind of anxiousness around it for me, but I'm not going to be mad if either of them win, but I am kind of rooting for Kelly Murphy to, to, to take it. Yeah. Let's go to best supporting actor. The nominees are Sterling K Brown for American fiction, Robert De Niro for killers of the flower moon, Robert Downey Jr. For Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Uh, it feels like a, a two-man race between Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan Gosling, but not near as close as Best Actor is between Giamatti and, and Murphy. Uh, where are you going with this, and what, and what would you like to see? Well, I should say, like, this might be my favorite category because I legit love all of these. Like, Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction – was not what I expected him to be, and it's hilarious, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, do what? Sorry. I can't wait to see him in that. I've, I've heard so many great things about that performance. And this was an unusual one because he hadn't been getting many nominations, and all of a sudden he gets a big one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was really happy to see him in that one. He's hilarious. Um, De Niro, uh, like Loki, one of the like most sinister characters seen in some time. Definitely the best performance he's done in some time uh really really this you know especially on rewatches and everything you see um just the evil of his character and stuff and how de niro plays it so it's so good um i've already talked about gosling ruffalo and poor things another thing where you don't expect that kind of actor to give that kind of performance and some some of the best line readings like as far as well just anything but you know, humor wise, some of his line readings and sound effects and things he did and poor things were, were hilarious. Um, would I like to see Ryan Gosling win? Yeah, but I, I think I don't think there's any competition here, really. I think Downey Jr. is going to take it. Um, I just I don't see anybody catching up with him at this point. So it's it's a it's a boring one, but I think Downey Jr. will uh, will take it, and at least we'll get a you know we can count on a good funny. Uh, acceptance speech from him. Yeah. Um, this might surprise you, but this is where I'm going to throw my Oppenheimer love out. Uh, I was mesmerized by Robert Downey Jr. in this role, and I, I, I don't know what it is. I have not seen Robert Downey Jr. do a whole lot. He's not really been an actor in the kind of movies that I watch a lot. Right. But him just playing this uh, devious politician who really holds grudges and does so while also kind of being friendly to the, to the people he holds the grudges against. 
something about it. Maybe it was just the 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 way uh, uh, Nolan wrote it and they edited all this together. But something about his performance entertained me. And I I honestly it's because he was doing the most outwardly acting in the movie. Uh, well, I mean him and Matt Damon, but he wasn't nominated. Uh, I, I feel like that was the performance that stood out the most the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, don't get me uh, I'm going to say it again, right? Um, I, I did love Downey Jr. in this, um, and I, I don't think he's, like, not deserving. I think, you know, uh, out of that ensemble, I'm glad you mentioned Matt Damon. Uh, you know, he was the one that kind of brought the levity to to, to Oppenheimer and everything. He was he was great. Like, you, his presence in that movie is, is unmatched. But, yeah, it's De Niro... Cool. I love that Matt Damon performance. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Playing Matt Damon, though. He kind of is. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. How can somebody in a movie like Oppenheimer play basically play themselves and still make you love the, that character? I, I don't That was a little bit surprising to me that I felt that much toward that character. Yeah, no, I no, that's funny. Uh, I not really thought about it in those terms before, but yeah, that's, uh, that is accurate. Uh, but no, like, like I said, I loved Oppenheimer. I loved pretty much everything about it. Uh, I have very few qualms with it, and so I'm not going to be mad if Robert uh, Robert Downey Jr. I almost said Robert De Niro. Robert Downey Jr. wins for that because, yeah, I mean he's he's essentially this, almost the second lead of the movie and, and carries kind of the the parallel storyline going on with with Killian Murphy. So, um, uh, and again, his temperament is just so so funny, but so like affecting and so effective. Um, and yeah, his back and forth with Alden Ehrenreich in a lot of the like close meetings, um, you know, while they're while he's trying to get his approval and everything, and um, manipulating the votes and and just yeah, I mean, how again, Nolan's what he does with time is crazy, but the way they, you know, the way this movie was cut and it's still coherent as far as all the timelines going on is is crazy. But yeah, we're getting away. From, I'm getting away from the uh, the fact that. Well, um, Robert Downey Jr. is going to take this one home and uh, not mad about it at all, but at least we'll get to see Gosling perform uh, a musical number, maybe. I, I don't think we are. I don't think he's going to do oh, it. Oh, no. He's not. I, that's that a bummer. He's going to do it. Uh, but I was actually going to get completely off topic and ask you a question about Oppenheimer. Have you ever seen a Best Actor winner uh, ever have such a small role in the film as Rami Malek did in Oppenheimer? I know, right? No. Uh, <laughs> I also want to throw out how great Jason Clark is in Oppenheimer. There's it's it's crazy. There's so uh, like I really liked Florence Pugh. I was uh, Josh Hartnett. You know, like shocked, surprised. Um, yeah, does he have done anything in twenty years? I know um, David Crumholtz. Like, a lot of people thought David Crumholtz deserved an Oscar nomination. I don't think it was quite to that level. I mean, he's great, but I don't think there was enough in the movie for him to, to get that. Yeah, I think they just liked the the character, maybe. But um, yeah, but I mean, but he was. I mean, he made that character as appealing as he was. But um, and I liked Benny Safdie too. Like his his uh, arc was more interesting than I. Um, initially expected it to be, but yeah, I mean, Benny insane. Benny Safdie had me wondering if if the guy he was playing is just an all out weirdo, or if Benny Safdie <laughs> brought that to the role because that I, that performance was was really good, but in a strange way. I think it's. I mean, Safdie's got a, a unique look and presence to him, but um, did you see? Like, he's but he's completely the opposite and com- brings a complete completely different energy to are you there god it's me margaret he's the dad in that um and and it's really good now that's one that a lot of people think was was stubbed in the next category that we're going to do best supporting actress uh rachel mcadams that is uh so the nominees for best supporting actress are emily blunt for oppenheimer danielle brooks for the color purple america ferrera for barbie jodie foster for naiad and uh davine joy randolph for the holdovers uh, Dave, I enjoy Randolph has been winning absolutely everything. Uh, and based on the, the three nominations of this category that I have seen, uh, she is the most deserving. Uh, I am happy America Ferreira got a uh, Oscar nomination. I was shocked, but uh, I think uh, it, the monologue that she gives alone deserves it. Um, 
haven't seen the color purple yet, but uh, Danielle Brooks is a fantastic actress. I've liked her many years and other things. Uh, Emily Blunt does not belong here. And from what I've read, Jodie Foster probably is only here because she's Jodie Foster. Uh, who's going to win? Is it going to be Davine? And uh, who would you like to see win? Yeah, I will say Jodie Foster was the most like palatable part of Nyad. Uh, I, I did did really like her performance, that character in that movie. Uh, was it Oscar worthy? Would it be nominated if someone other than Jodie Foster was playing it? Probably not. Uh, but I, I did enjoy that performance. Um, yeah, I, Daniel Brooks is great in The Color Purple. Um, kind of surprised when it came down to it that both surprised and not surprised that this is the only nomination for The Color Purple. Um, but she she is great in that. But yeah, I, you know, again, this is kind of an easy category where it's like, uh, you know, Divine Joy Randolph was like, she was in a movie with uh, a couple years ago called The Lost City, the Channing Tatum, Sandra Bullock movie. Uh, and she was like my favorite part of that. Like I was laughing out loud, you know, at, at her bits and everything. And then to see her come in here and do this and, um, you know, play kind of the dual parts of, of the, um, you know, the more serious, the more dramatic aspects. I mean, she has the the single scene. It's a wordless scene in, in the holdovers that is, is what got me as far as the waterworks go. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, she, I think it's really cool, um, that she was, that this is being recognized. I think she'll win it. Um, I, she would be my pick. Um, and you know, I guess I'm surprised Emily Blunt hasn't, hasn't won something already, I guess, but, um, but yeah, it's just, this feels like an obligatory nomination rather than a deserved one. So I'm, I'm I understand what She's only 40 years old, so I didn't think we were quite to the point where we needed to give her a nomination just because. But yeah, yeah like it. Um, but again, I'm not, I don't see as many movies as you do. Uh, would Rachel McAdams had have, have been a better option than Emily Blunt? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I liked, you know, don't worry, like, I like, dang, I said it again. I, I need a like ticker in the bottom of my, anyway. Um, I've got the pretender stuck in my head now because <laughs> don't get me wrong so much. Um, I liked like what Emily Blunt did with what she had to work with. Great. I love Emily Blunt as an actress. She's very appealing, you know, same thing with Emma Stone there. Um, but yeah, Rachel McAdams is, uh, you know, I, I had not read uh, Margaret, the, the Judy Bloom book, mm -hmm. uh, anything. I didn't realize it was so like, um, uh religion focused and everything and it was it, it was it like i was saying about kind of the holdovers uh, um it had more depth to it than i expected i i thought it would kind of be just you know a thing for teen girls or like a uh you know a look behind the curtain at those awkward years and everything and a fun if not you know very truthful thing but i i probably wouldn't be the target audience for it and it probably wouldn't have anything to say to me directly or that would be affecting anyways or impactful and um, but that was, I was wrong. Like, and, and, uh, Rachel McAdams is a, is a big part of, uh, why. And I, yeah, she's, she's, I would have loved to have seen her get nominated for, for that. You know, it's, it's one of those victims of the movie being released. So, so much earlier in the year, which didn't seem like it would be as big of a deal after last year and, uh, everything everywhere, you know, kind of, uh, dominating and it being released in March, but, um, yeah, it was kind of a bummer not to see that, but I think Divine Joy Randolph is going to take it anyway, and um, I really hope this, um, you know, uh, prompts big opportunities rather than, you know, this being her, the peak of her career. I mean, obviously an Oscar is really big and um, will mean a lot and will do a lot of things for her, but I, I hope she's able to, you know, kind of keep the uh the career at this plateau and, and keep doing interesting work and, and be offered interesting work um uh because she's, she's she's really good and and her like i said her presence stands out even in movies like the lost city which you know 80 percent of people probably forgot even existed at this point but it's it's really you know she was really good in that and i was looking forward to see her in this and she definitely delivered so I'll, it'll be nice to see her uh to see her win well i saw her in the lost city and i've seen her in a few uh TV roles, uh, Only Murders in the Building and, and The Last OG. And she is the funniest person in everything she does. So yeah. much, I assumed she was a stand-up comedian 
or at least a sketch comedy uh, a comedian. And no, she, she literally is a classically trained actress. So honestly, her performance in the holdovers may be more of what she's school for than these performances where she is the funniest person you're ever going to see. Uh, so I, I think she's got a great future if, if people uh, uh, want to give her roles in, in both drama and comedy. Yeah, yeah. No, I hope I hope that happens. It'd be well-deserved. Let's see if we can get through the two uh, uh, screenplay categories in about 10 minutes. I don't want to go too long for the listeners. Uh, so the uh, nominees for Best Original Screenplay are uh, David Hemmingson for The Holdovers, Sammy Birch and Alex Mechanic for May-December, Justine Trier and Ar- Arthur Harari for Anatomy of a Fall, Celine Song for Past Lives, and Bradley Cooper and Josh Singer for maestro uh this one might be a little bit wide open uh what do you what do you think i i I believe anatomy of a fall won recently at i can't remember if it was the golden globes or if it was uh the critics choice awards but i think it it won recently yeah i I, honestly I, i think this one will go probably to hemmingson for the holdovers um, I think kind of what stands out the most about um, about the holdovers is just that it is this it is a throwback, but it's that it is an original uh, first and foremost. Um, I guess I could see this. I, I could see this going to Anatomy of a Fall. Actually, uh, man, I don't know. I guess I hadn't given this as much thought as I. I kind of. I guess I when I saw the holdovers. Initially, I kind of defaulted to that, but with Anatomy of a Fault, with her getting so you know nominated as a director, getting nominated as a picture, but not being eligible for international, I think I'm going to go with Anatomy of a Fault here. Actually, now that I think about it, um, okay. which you know, and I I know a lot of people love Past Lives. Like I, I liked it too. I didn't love it. I wasn't as in love with it um, as as a lot of uh, people who saw it, but um, you know really solid debut and, and, you know, navigated some uh, complicated emotional territory and everything. And, uh, you know, a lot of that has to come from um, the, the script and, and the notes they put in there and everything. But as far as just screenplay, yeah, the one that's the most like screen screenplay is Anatomy of a Fall, um, which I'm fine with. I, I, Anatomy of a Fall, like Past Lives, I liked a lot, didn't love it as much as maybe the the hype around it would suggest I should, but um, but really, I mean, I, it's hard for me not to enjoy a courtroom drama, uh, and and this one certainly fulfilled a lot of those those needs and requirements. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Anatomy of of a Fall. I do kind of wish that May December could be an upset because I actually really did like that movie and I thought it was a really clever screenplay, um, and I understand why May December probably didn't get a lot of love from. Uh, from the Academy, but, um, but yeah, I, so I would go with, I think Anatomy of Fall will win, but uh, I, I kind of think maybe December deserves some love and maybe should win in this category, especially. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's finish up with the uh, nominees for best. Our Cord Jefferson for American fiction, Jonathan Glazer for the zone of interest, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach for Barbie, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, and Tony McNamara for Poor Things. Uh, a lot of people think this could be the one spot that American fiction gets some love. Uh, this could be uh, one of the only couple spots that Barbie gets some love, and it. Uh, uh, but it could also go to Christopher Nolan. Uh, Oppenheimer seems like it's going to win quite a few awards. What, what do you think, and who do you think should win? Yeah, I think um, I do. I do think Oppenheimer shouldn't be overlooked uh, as far as the screenplay goes, just because it is um, re- is going to win so many others. Um, I, I think it's you know to adapt that uh, American Prometheus um, and and make it a cohesive movie was super. Like, I mean, it had to be immensely challenging and. Um, it really is impressive. Like you said, you know, a lot of it does come in the editing, but just like the pacing of everything, how the how the stories are split. I don't know how much of that, you know, was inherent in the screenplay before they got, you know, into the into the uh, 
into production and then into editing. Um, but, you know, figuring that out from what I have read and watched and, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, it seems like Nolan, you know, once he has a, sc a screenplay where he wants it at, it doesn't waver. Uh, it doesn't, you know, change very much um, from what we ultimately get as the final product. So I, I think Oppenheimer has a real shot. And I certainly wouldn't be mad at that. Um, I, I don't know that Barbie does have a real shot here. Um, I, I And I haven't studied the nominees to where I know, like, if it is, nom I'm sure it's nominated in like production design and costume design. And I think it might take one or two of those types of categories. But I think as far as adapted screenplay, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, again, zone of interest, I really don't get in this category. I think that's a weird choice. Um, you know, it's a unique accomplishment and a very precise, uh, you know, intention that it is you know, going for and, and delivering, but like, um, I would really like to see this between Oppenheimer and um, American fiction, even though a lot of the writing and dialogue and poor things is, is really great and really, really like genuinely funny. Like I wrote down, you know, I'll try to take notes here and there when I see films, especially ones I know I'm going to write lengthier reviews for. And I think I wrote down more quotes and poor things than I did in any other movie last year. But, um, but American fiction is just so, it's so smart. And I've, I've seen that one twice and it was actually on the second one. I was more impressed with how, um, how sharp and how, um, just specific the writing in American fiction was to, to pull off its premise and everything. So I, I, this is a tough one, but I, I think Oppenheimer will take it. I think Oppenheimer is going to take it. And that's where I'm going to put, put my bet. If I, you know, if I were to be placing bets, I would say Oppenheimer is going to win it. Um, but I wouldn't, and, and I'm fine with that. Obviously, like I've said in every category where I think Oppenheimer is going to win, but like, it would be cool to see Cord Jefferson take it for American fiction. And I think that's probably his biggest competition. As I've mentioned, I, I can't wait to see American fiction, so I haven't seen that yet. Of the two that I've seen, uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie, I honestly would give Barbie just for making a movie about a doll, a toy, so fascinating and interesting. Yeah, I, I, I've made sure I remind myself, you know, every time, you know, I have a conversation with somebody, like, how impressive it actually is that, you know, a movie about Barbie the Barbie movie it has, is nominated for Oscars at all and what it takes to uh, to have accomplished that in the first place, which is crazy. Like, um, you know, if you just told me, go, you know, maybe even after it was announced that Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach were gonna, were, were gonna be the ones to kind of shepherd it. I still don't know, they've been like, yeah, well, this, were, this is the more commercial bid and, and she's not gonna get the Oscar, you know, the, um, um, the awards love that she has kind of grown accustomed to with those first two movies, but they still did it. And yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like I said, I do think it will um, get some love in, in other, you know, kind of below the line categories, but I think this is either Oppenheimer or American fiction. And I, I'm real, this is, I haven't really looked at, or, you know, given a lot of thought to uh, this category and all these nominees and everything, but uh, I'll be interested to see who, who takes this one. Cause it, it could, it, it could go, like for me, one of four ways here. I don't really get the zone of interest, but any of the others, I completely understand why it's why it's uh, you know vying for this this award. And um, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad about it going to any of them. You think if I start the petition, kick uh, Jonathan Glazer out in favor of Emma Seligman and Rachel Sennett from Bottoms, that I would have any? Uh... <laughs> Probably. Apparently, some people did not like that movie. Um, I enjoyed it a lot enough to put it as number ten on my ten favorite movies of last year. But it's strange movies are always going to have problems fitting in with a mass audience. But yeah, it's now on Prime Video. If you haven't seen Bottoms, y'all should check it out. It's yeah, it's hilarious. It's great. And I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm gonna kind of predict this. I think Barbie's only going to win one Oscar. I think it's going to win original best original song for the Billie Eilish, Phineas O'Connell. Um, what was I made? For? I think mm. that's going to be it. Yeah, I you don't think let me uh, let me look. You don't think it'll get it's got to be production or like makeup and or costume like any of those or is is uh it, it may uh, have a shot. I mean, it should have a decent shot. Yeah, I guess poor things is kind of its main competition there, but 
I don't know. Yeah. Well, we've we've reached the hour mark. I usually don't like to go over, so I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, so uh, thanks, Philip, for joining us for the uh, for the Oscar predictions and and who you would like to see win. Um, we'll we'll see how close you get here on March 10th. Will be the Oscars on ABC. Uh, I believe around seven o'clock at night. It will be hosted once again by comedian and late night host Jimmy Kimmel. Um, once again, you can find Phillips uh, reviews at reviewsfromabed.com. Uh, he also uh, lets us uh, publish them at the word on popculture.com. So you can read them there as well, but definitely check out his website. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Philip. Oh, no problem. As always, thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for letting me talk movies for an hour. I appreciate it. And yeah, I'll, I'll be logging these on on my sheet and, and seeing how close I get. So excited to, to watch the broadcast. Appreciate it. Well, I, th- I think based on everything I've read and know about the Oscars, I think you're going to be pretty close on most of them. Oh, I'll have my fingers crossed. I'm, I'm still rooting for Oppenheimer and a lot of them, but we'll, we'll see. There could be some upsets. It's always fun. Right. Have a good one. You too. Thank you.